Welcome and thank you for taking the time to listen to the Word of God released through Randolph Barnwell. Randolph is the founder and senior elder of Gate Ministries Durban Central. Be encouraged to access free additional resources for your edification at randolphbonnell.com. Great grace, peace, and mercy from Christ be multiplied to you as you listen to this teaching. We have been dealing with the subject of meditation for a while, and this is our, I think, third session on the topic. And I want to stress again its importance. Today's focus, as your topic suggests, will be on meditation's matter and motive. When I use the word matter, I'm talking about the object of, of meditation. So meditation's object is the Word of God. Everyone repeat after me. Meditation's object is the Word of God. So when you meditate, ruminate, reflect, pour your mind over, the subject matter at hand are the Scriptures. It's the Word of God that you are called upon to, to meditate over. And what I'm going to do is, um, specifically, you have to meditate, yes, over the Word of God generally, but more so over the truth that is released to you from your spiritual Father in the Lord. Say that again, very important you catch this. You meditate on the Word of God generally, that is, from your own private reading and your own private study. You must meditate thereon. But a great deal of the employment of your mind in meditation has got to be upon the subject matter or the truth as released to you by your spiritual leader or your spiritual father in the Lord. Amen? Now that has got to become a fixed position within your own heart. Now the motive for meditation, the topic is the matter. The matter is the word, especially the word as released through our spiritual father. The motive, why do we do it? The motive is obedience, okay? There are many blessings attendant with meditation that we will do in our next session. But, listen carefully, but the primary motivation of, obe- of meditation is obedience. Everyone say obedience. obedience. Right? You will get tranquility. You will get um, peace within your own heart and in your own mind. But the primary focus is obedience. And from obedience... Every other subsidiary benefit of meditation will be experienced by you. Amen? So all the other benefits are subsidiary. They are, they, they, they're not primary. They will come to you because of your engagement upon the primary objective. So when I ask myself, why do I do this? Why must I do it? Right? The primary motive is I want to get my life to a place of absolute oh, obedience. Now, Joshua 1 verse 8, it's quoted there, says the following. This book, everyone say this book. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein when? Day and night, that you might be careful to do. Everyone say be careful to do. So it's very clear to me in Joshua 1 8, you meditate that you might be careful to, to do. What's the object of meditation? Obedience. Okay? I, I meditate so that I might be careful to, 
to do. And when I am careful to do, when I obey, then the results come. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Okay? And like I said, there are many sort of secondary, subsidiary motives and benefits attached to meditation, but the primary object is I must do so so that I might just be obedient. With my obedience is attendant a whole range of benefits that will naturally come to my life. Now careful, everyone say motive. The motive is not to secure the benefits. The motive is simply to obey God, to please Him. Attendant with obedience are the benefits, success, prosperity, peace, etc. Amen? And so don't be misdirected in your motive to meditate. Meditation's motive is always obedience to the word of the Lord. Repeat after me. This book shall not depart out of your mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein. Day and night, that you might observe to do all that is written therein. For then, look at your neighbor and say, for then. Tell him it's after this. You will make your way prosperous. And you will have good success. Now ask your neighbor, after what? Now answer the person. After what? After you are careful to do. Right? After you have obeyed. My, what I want to do now is show you where meditation fits within this framework. Amen? Now, I've drawn a little diagram at the bottom of the page. You got at the first leg, hear the word and a down arrow, obey the word, down arrow, success and prosperity. Simply put, every time you hear the word of the Lord, God's intent is that you obey everything you hear. And like Joshua 1.8 says, whenever you obey, you will have success and prosperity. Now, look at Deuteronomy 6, 3 at the bottom of the page. Therefore, hear, O Israel, and be careful to observe it, that it might be well with you. Everyone say, hear, that you might observe it. So what is the purpose or the object of hearing? To observe it. Everyone say obedience. Every time God speaks, He expects those who hear His word to obey His word. Amen? So that it might be well with you. We turn over the page. Jesus, listen carefully, often called for, He beckoned, everyone who heard his word to understand what they hear. For example, in Mark 7.14, now please track with me, I'm going to go very fast. In Mark 7.14, Jesus said this, after he called the crowd again to him, he began to say to them, listen to me and understand. Repeat after me, listen and understand. So when you hear, think about it like this. When you hear, the intent of God we read in Deuteronomy 6.3 is that you might obey. But Jesus put some, an insertion in the middle of those two extremes. And he said, when you hear, ensure that you understand. 
Now this is how Jesus interprets the seed that fell along the wayside. Um, Matthew 13, verse 18 to 19. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word, now stop there. Why? What's the purpose of our hearing? Answer me. We just, that we might understand to obey. To obey. Everyone say obedience. obedience. Now Jesus said this. Listen carefully. When anyone hears the word and he does not understand it, then the evil one comes and snatches away that which was sown in his heart. This is the one on whom the seed was sown beside the road. Now, very, very important. How can you illustrate this process or this act of snatching away? When you snatch something away, Tell me, just the wording. I snatch it away. What does it imply to you? It's quick, it's fast, it's forceful. The Greek word is harpazo. Everyone say harpazo. Sounds Spanish, yeah? but it's Greek. Yeah? Harpazo literally means forceful seizure or snatching of the seed sown. Listen to me very carefully. As as faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word, faith can also leave as quickly as it potentially can come. The birds of the air, listen carefully, demonic hosts, can snatch away powerful revelation that you receive. Think, I always wonder, Lord, why is it that so many are disobedient and it seems like disobedience consistently? It's like you preach the same thing year after year, making the same pleas. Why is it? One of the issues is, there's a, you can speak, but in, as quickly as you've dropped the seed, the seed has left. And listen carefully, this is a violent, please I'm serious, I need your undivided attention. This is a violent, forceful, snatching away and robbery of truth from the landscape of your spirit. And, but Jesus, how does Jesus equate that with? All Jesus said, this is he who hears, doesn't understand. The failure to understand is couched in terms or is equal to the snatching away of the seed. Every word you hear, you must understand so that the word is not lost. So that the word, the truth, the intent of God for you to obey the word is not lost. Right? As quickly as you have received it, you can lose it. Hmm? As quickly as you have received it, you can lose it. That's why I urge you. Meditation is so powerful because it's going to renovate your mind. You can sit within the environment of powerful word and sit there unenlightened because of a lack of understanding. You can receive the word with joy, yet not be thoroughly illuminated. Listen to me carefully. There's a difference between information and revelation. For many preaching, the hearers, to the hearers, it becomes information received. But only to a few will it become revelation that transforms their life. Right? And I really want to encourage you. Don't just be a gatherer of information in this house. Become the recipient of revelation 
that it becomes internalized and transforms your life. Amen? Tell your neighbor, be transformed in Jesus' name. I've determined, I'm not going to waste one more teaching or preaching session. I've come before the Lord and said, Lord, release so much, so much time in preparation, so much time in delivery. What's happening? And the Lord said to me, you release, but as soon as you release, equally fast, if not faster, it is snatched away. So people can't walk in the power of the thing. Tell your neighbor, no more. No more. That is why meditation is so important. I'll prove to you just now how that a critical component of um, the understood or the understanding mind is the process of meditation. If the seed snatched away is equated to a lack of understanding, I've got to ensure every time I sit before a preacher or an apostle and a prophet, a teacher or pastor who ministers the word of the Lord, I've got to make certain I under. Stand, And I'll I'll explain what exactly that is in a moment. Right? It says, and I just put something in there that I won't really focus on um, for for too much because it doesn't really form part of this study. Right? This emphasis on the word of the kingdom. What is snatched away? It's not just any word. Look at Matthew 13 verse 18. Then hear the parable of the sower when anyone hears what? The word of the... The word of the kingdom. Listen carefully. The word of the kingdom is designed for you to enter the kingdom. To enter kingdom life. To enter kingdom power. To enter kingdom reality. It's that word that the enemy is so focused upon stealing. It's amazing. You go to an ordinary service outside of present truth. And you have no problems understanding, assimilating. But go to a present truth environment. They all hell breaks loose because the warfare is on. The enemy knows, okay, other words I don't need to steal because it's not words of the kingdom. But when you're a kingdom environment and where words release that can change your destiny forever, the enemies, birds of the air, are out to steal the truth of what you could potentially receive simply because of its power for transformation. I submit to you, you are in such an environment. So pay attention with, with, a, with a spirit within you that's erect. Say, God, everything I hear, I want to understand. Because when I understand, I can obey. Amen? I can obey. Look at the diagram that I did for you on the bottom of page 2. So you hear the word, you understand the word, and person of understanding will come to O. To obedience, and that will give you success and prosperity. Now, you need apostolic prophetic ministry to understand the word of the Lord. The Bible and the scriptures need interpretation. You need a teacher. You need someone to decode the word of the Lord to you. Psalm 119, you you read it there. Verse 130 says, the unfolding of the word brings... Light and under? Everyone say understanding. Notice, I like the phrase, it gives understanding. Who wants understanding? What gives understanding? Ask him about what gives. <laughs> no, it's usually what gives. Huh? Listen carefully. What gives understanding? This is clear in the scripture. 
It's the unpacking of the word that is the, is, is the conduit to provide you under understanding. So whenever apostles and prophets uh, set men, spiritual fathers ordained by the Lord, open the scriptures to you, that process is designed to fill your mind with understanding. Right? The Bible need not be a difficult book. Say it again, and I affirm it in my heart. The Bible is not a hard book to understand. The scriptures are not difficult. All you need, if you want to come to a place of understanding, simply position yourself before one that can provide, everyone say entrance. Come on, do it like this. Entrance into. So something is vague, something is blurred, something passes your understanding. All you need is to position yourself before one who is an unfolder of the word. I say it deliberately. Catch this in your spirit. Psalm 119 verse 130. Repeat after me. The entrance of your word gives understanding to the simple. It says the entrance of your word gives light. It gives understanding. So whenever you are in an apostolic prophetic environment where the word of the kingdom is being released, the I like to say it like this, the, 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 the very process or act of preaching is the means that God has determined to provide you understanding. But if you sit there passively um, with, your, with your senses and your mind all scattered, what you hear, everyone say hear. Now Jesus says, hear and understand. What you hear might not lead to understanding. Because of the state and the posture of the landscape of your own heart. Amen? So it's very, very important that you position yourself accurately in the, the hearing of the word. Top of page 3 says the following. From the Amplified. The entrance and the unfolding of your words give light. And their unfolding gives understanding. The unfolding of the word gives understanding. And what we, we said this in a few um, sessions ago. Psalm 111 verse 10 says the following. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all they that do what? That do His commandments. What is do His commandments? Do His commandments is oh, obedience. So evidence of your understanding will lead to what? Will lead to obedience. Oh, Obedience, okay? So, evidence of understanding is obedience. So, the process is hear, understand, obey, and you get prosperity and success. Now, where does meditation come in? Meditation aids understanding. Let me just say this. If in the moment of your reception of the word, there is not total understanding then meditation upon the word will open the understanding or, listen carefully, or it will make whole and consolidate your understanding of what you've received. Right? It will, because I believe the scriptures. Entrance of your word gives light. Entrance of your word gives understanding. Apostolic prophetic minister opens the word, providing you entrance into it. 
I would like to think of it like this. Once the door has been opened, how deeply you enter will be determined by your meditation. Because it's like Apostle Stamon is opening up, busting up the issue of firstborn sonship. Three sessions on his website so far on a Sunday morning. Listen to it. I've been tracking it every single Monday. By the Monday, whatever he said on, whatever my Father in the Lord has preached on, on the Sunday, by the Monday, I've got it in my spirit, ruminating, mulling over. And let me just say this, for those of you that were with us in, this week, I've taken some thoughts that Thamo released. He bust open an idea, and all I've done is, I've entered into it and started to explore the entirety of the room. So, apostles provide entrance into truth. How deeply you go. Let me ask you this. How deep do you want to go? Do you want simply a casual read of the scriptures? You want a casual hearing? Or do you want to, you want to become a miner in the spirit? Miners go deep underground to get the most precious of gems. Become an explorer in the spirit. Say, God, I want the entirety of the wealth and a resource locked up inside of your word. Amen. And I want to come to a place of complete understanding. I'm now even embarking upon the issue of studying the issue of the inheritance, our inheritance in Christ. For some, it might be an abstract concept. But every time I say, Lord, open my, pray the prayer of David, open my eyes that I might see the wonderful things in thy law. Lord, if you don't show me what this thing is all about, and how your sons can practically walk into it. If you don't show me, I will never see it. Amen? And I'm, I'm finding as I meditate on the scriptures, meditate and mull over, mull over the scriptures. Um, God is opening up pathways of understanding which previously were, were closed off. Amen? Now, would like to get to deeper understanding. Amen? Understanding is the key thing. The Bible says, in all thy getting... Get understanding. Proverbs says this, in all thy getting, get understanding. Amen? Get wisdom, get under, get understanding. Now here's an amazing verse that I want you to uh, impregnate you in, in the landscape of your spirit. I want to impart this verse to you. Please remember it and, and understand the gravity of what Paul says to his son Timothy. 2 Timothy 2.7 Please listen to this verse very carefully. Consider what I say. For the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Repeat it after me. For consider. Come on, with greater oomph. For consider what I say. The Lord will give you Understanding. understanding. Question. When does the Lord... Okay, let me use Matthew. Come stand here. Okay, he's my natural son, but he's also my spiritual son. And to just show who's bigger, I'll come on top. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Spiritual father, spiritual son. So Paul is writing this letter. It's now the second letter. It's the second Timothy. He's finished the whole of chapter 1. And he's got six verses in chapter 2 done. All of a sudden, the letter like stops like bluntly in the middle of nowhere. He says, Timothy, before you carry on, consider what I am saying and the 
Lord is going to fill your mind with under with understanding. So if you, Timothy, want to receive understanding from the Lord, you cannot factor me out of the equation. You, what must Timothy consider? What Paul says. Who gives the understanding? God. Right? Now, if you don't do the consideration, you will never get the understanding. This is where I find many, many Christians um, fall and fail. The word consider in the Greek means the following. You've got it there in your notes. Noi, which means to think upon or to, to ponder. It means to reflect upon in your mind and to consider. If I say, won't you consider it? I'm asking you, if I use that in normal English, please consider this or consider that. What I'm asking you is to, do not dismiss it in your mind. Don't think it inconsequential, but think it serious enough for you to stop, reflect, ponder, and ruminate on very seriously. If you look at the content of the first six chapters of 2 Timothy, chapter 2, he talks about the analogy of the farmer, uh, who was it, the, the soldier that doesn't involve himself in civilian affairs, the farmer that, that runs, or the athlete that runs, and the farmer, right? So he's talking in imagery, and maybe something within the father maybe uh, gets inkling that, hey, this boy might not catch a clue of what I'm trying to tell him. And he says, and listen to what Paul, Paul, and this is something I need to learn, Paul did not waste another chapter explaining the first six verses of 2 Timothy chapter 2. He could have painstakingly explained each imagery. He said, no, no, no. This son of mine must learn how to access revelation for himself. But Timothy, consider what I am saying. And the Lord will not only give you understanding in these things, it says he will give you understanding in all things. Listen to me. When you meditate upon the subject matter of your spiritual father, not only will you, will you know and understand what he's trying to communicate to you. But you will even go way beyond the intention of his communication. You will get understanding in, in all things. Now let's read the, the same verse from alternative versions of the Bible. The Bible in basic English says, Give thought to what I say, the Lord will give you wisdom in all things. The contemporary English version says, If you keep in mind what I have told you, the Lord will help you understand completely. Love that version. The English Standard Version of the Bible says this. Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. The message says it nicely. Think over it. God will make it all plain. The NIV says, reflect on what I am saying, for the Lord will give you insight into all of this. Now, listen to me. Now, I'm not going to entertain an excuse from anybody in this house when you say it's too hard to understand. It's too difficult to see. Even when we go to apostolic schools of ministry and after one session comes, and yes, you might have difficulty in immediately pitching into the subject matter as it's released. For now, I've given you the key. You do the consideration and the Lord will give you the under. 
the Lord will give you the understanding. It might not be immediately. You might receive it a day, ten days, a week or two months later. Right? I think of it like this. Whenever I hear the word, remember I taught you, I hear with my spirit. And sometimes the mind of my soul is saying, it's hard, it's difficult. But in the, in the mind of my spirit, they're saying, yes, uh, there's a resonance. This is true. I accept it, even though I cannot process it in my psyche, in my rational mind. Can't make intelligible comprehension of it, but there's a yes in my spirit. Have you ever had that experience? Saying, yes, this sounds true, but it's so conflicting everything I know up to this point. I have to undo so much. Listen to me carefully what meditation does. Meditation brings the mind of the soul to be in sync with the mind of the spirit. That which you fail to understand in the mind of the soul. You, it, uh, uh, meditation submits the mind of the soul to the superiority of the mind of your spirit. So that you are not double-minded. The Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. You must have unity and oneness within yourself. Amen? The mind of your spirit and the mind of your soul in sync, aligned together. You know, uh, this is so powerful a thought to me. I cannot wait for the conference next week. Sit under Sam's voice. Sit under Sean Blicknow's voice. Sit under Segi Governor's voice. Sit under Dr. Elijah Morgan's voice at the Santon conference from the 5th to the 8th of Feb. Can't wait. What am I doing? I'm tweaking my mentality as I sit there and these, these, these prophets and apostles of God begin to speak the word of the Lord. Guess what? I'm, I'm already preparing the mind of my soul. You better be jacked up, bro. <laughs> you know? You better, I know your spirit is poised, but, and you know what I am trying to do? I'm trying to shorten the gap between total understanding. I want it to be like this. In the moment I hear it, I understand it. That's where I want to be. Who wants to be there? So in the moment which Jesus says, hear and understand. Repeat after me, hear and understand. Yeah. I'm telling you, brethren, the Bible does not have to be a difficult book. In the moment of your hearing, you can enter into the power of its truth. And then for you, after that, your meditation simply consolidates, deepens your understanding of what you have heard. Amen? What you have heard, and then it becomes the portal, the entrance, the doorway through which you are now to going to explore other aspects beyond what you have actually heard. It becomes the pin code. The access number. And a whole new world. The icon. Double click on your desktop. And a whole new world. A program opens. Where you can explore vast possibilities. I'm talking in spiritual terms now. In the Lord. You know I've never ever. I love the Bible. I always have since my youth. I have never ever been more excited about the Bible than I have this week. Talk about this last week. Never ever before in my life, I thought I'd reached the zenith of my love for God's Word. But never ever before in my life have the Scriptures suddenly become alive to me. More than ever before. I want to challenge you. Heighten your love for the Scriptures. God will bust things open there 
There's a minefield. It's a gold mine. Not a minefield. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a gold mine. Of resource, treasure. That God is waiting for you to unearth. Hey, thy words were found. And I did eat them. And thy words were unto me. The joy and the rejoicing of my, of my heart. Understand. Tell you never understand. So right at the bottom there, the, the, the diagram again. Hear the word, meditate on the word, understand the word, obey the word, and then success and pro, prosperity will, will come to you. Amen? David said this on the next page in Psalm 119 verse 99. He said the following. I love this verse. I have more insight than all my teachers because, for I meditate upon your statutes. Now listen to me. How can David claim more insight than the one who teaches him? Right? That's why I believe the process of meditation will allow you to understand things beyond the intention of your teacher. Jesus said this in Luke, no teacher, no student is greater than his teacher. But a student can come to a place. And the way I'd like to, let me read the scripture to you. It's on your notes. Luke 640. Jesus said it like this. The pupil is not above his teacher. But everyone, after he has been fully trained, will be like his teacher. That's a powerful statement right there. Hmm? But then why does David say, I have more understanding than my teachers? Because your meditation, your laws are my meditation. David claimed to have possessed more insight than those who taught him simply because of his disposition towards meditation. Right? And the way I, I, I would like to see it or envision it um, is... I think I wrote it. Look at the paragraph at the top, the last sentence. Or rather, the last two sentences. Right in the middle of that paragraph, all things is capitalized. I wrote, it is also possible to attain a level of insight beyond your teacher. Listen, when? When does this apply? In as far as God's sovereign choice to unveil new things. Uh, just be to you in your dispensation that was not revealed. To your teacher in his time. The principle still persists that the student is not greater than the teacher, but the intent is to be like his teacher. In an epoch of time in which a specific body or frequency of truth is released to the earth. That's a mouthful. Let me try and unravel that. Everyone say dispensation or epoch of time. In an epoch of time where you have student-teacher relationships, the intent of the teacher is to make the student like him. So they come to the same level. In a specific disposition or dispensation of time in which God is releasing a specific body of truth. But we know all truth is progressive. And God is always revealing new things. And I believe in a new dispensation, then he who was taught in the previous season will outpace his teacher in that he will access new things 
beyond the dispensation of his teaching. The teacher simply put a bedrock of truth, a foundation, that the student can rise to realms the teacher did not even know in that era. Right? And that's how truth progressively is unveiled to us as we go. By the way, there's nothing new under the sun. Solomon said that. We say new things, it's only new to us. Right? God has programmed everything from before time, from before, before time began. So when you think, when I think of our young people here, what will, be, what will they be teaching 40 years from now? What will the subject matter of church sermons and, church, and teachings like, of this nature be like? Right? They will be greater than us in respect to their capacity to access truth in an era that God is releasing for their time. But the accessing of new truth in their season is only built upon the, their mastery of present or prior truth that they've known from their teachers. Amen? That's why everything, one thing, builds upon a, another. Amen? So if you have a young people, if you have a young person sitting next to you, say you're going to be great. Just, just say you're going to be great. Okay, prophesy to them and say, you're going to be a great teacher. You're going to be a great teacher. Even, the, even babies here, yeah, you're going to be a great teacher. You're going to take this thing to realms we've never ever thought possible. Right? Never ever thought possible. At the bottom of page 4, meditate upon the teachings of your spiritual father. Okay? Go to page 5. Let me illustrate from the scriptures. In 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 13, 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 13 says this. Retain the standard of sound words, which you have heard from me in the faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. In the King James Version, hold the pattern of sound words, which thou hast heard from me in faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. Now look at the words in the NASB, the standard of sound words, and in the King James, the the pattern of sound words. And Timothy is to hold or to retain these. Now both words in the Greek is the Greek word hupo to posis. And it literally means a sketch, an outline, or an example. Everyone do this. It's like when, when Paul used this word, the pattern, the sketch, the outline. Now listen to me very, very carefully. It is not only, listen carefully, I'll show you other scriptures to this effect just now. It is not only the content of what you hear that you must retain. It is the schema, the form or the outline that must be retained. It's not just the subject matter in terms of its content. It is the pattern. It is the frequency of the doctrine. It is the tone of the truth that comes to you that you must not go out beyond. Okay? That's very, very important to, to, to um, understand. Look at, I don't think I have the other scripture. I didn't put it on. But the reference is there in Romans chapter 6 verse 17. Paul said this to the Romans. Hold fast to that form of, be, rather he said this, be obedient to that form of teaching 
which you have heard from, from me. Okay? That form of teaching which you have heard from me. Don't go outside of the broad scheme of the frequency of what you have, what you have heard. Okay? I mustn't grow old and then I'm sitting and um, uh, our brother here has got his coat and tie and he's ministering the word of the Lord and he's encouraging people to prepare for, uh, for the rapture. I'm saying, what on earth? Bro, you, and, and let's say you're powerful, you're using powerful illustrations, but for me, what have you done? You, you're preaching the word, but you went out of the form, out of the scheme, out of the pattern of the frequency of truth that we proclaim. Hmm? So it's very, very important that you don't lose the form. Everyone say the form. The pattern. The basic core tenets of what we believe. Amen. Don't go outside of that construct. Don't go outside of that, of that construct. Amen. Now, I really want to encourage you. Everyone say retain. I want to finish off with this word. I won't finish this entire study because of time. But everyone repeat after me. Retain. Hold. And the word literally means in your, in your notes, the word is echo. It literally means to hold to oneself to have possession of the mind. When Paul said to Timothy, hold fast the form or the pattern of sound words, retain, echo, he literally means possess it where? In your mind. Have a strong mind and possess that form within your thinking. And don't, you must not meditate outside the scope of the scheme of doctrine that you have received. The say it again, it's very important to hear. Do not meditate outside the form, the outline, or the scheme of truth that you have received. You must hold it as a firm possession in your mind. You must adhere to it and cling to it. That to me sounds like meditation. Right? That to me sounds like, like, like meditation. Okay? Thomas has been releasing some statements, for example... Like, this era or this season is not the era or season of faith. It's one of obedience. Is he saying there's no need for faith? No, he's not saying that. Or he's bringing to bear upon the community of, of, of the churches under his care an emphasis on obedience that overrides faith. For me, that's a form, that's a scheme, that's a pattern of truth that I'm receiving to my, my spirit. Amen? So even when I study faith, I study faith. Not like the faith movement presented it. I study faith within the economy of that scheme of understanding. I mean, very important that we meditate not outside of the pattern or the parameters or the boundaries of what is released to us by our spiritual father. On the top of page six, we close with one or two verses. Top of page six. My son, Proverbs 6.20. My son, observe the commandment of what? Come on, say it to me louder. Observe the commandment of? Observe the commandment of all the preachers on TBN. Observe the commandments of every spiritual persuasion you are reading in spiritual books or spiritual magazines. No, listen carefully. What I'm not saying is they are unimportant. But for me, the person that is responsible for your spiritual development, it is that command that you must Observe strictly. 
Because that person will give an account to you in the Lord. Amen? So you observe the commandment of your father and don't forsake the commandment or the teaching of your mother. When is the commandment forsaken? When it's not observed. Hmm? Observe and don't forsake. I like this. Bind them continually on your heart. Tie them around your neck. When you walk about, they will guide you. When you sleep, they will watch over you. When you awake, they will talk to you. I, you know, sometimes I hear um, my spiritual father's voice in my head. Uh, certain principles he stands for. It's like the Holy Ghost will bring them forcefully to my attention. And you know why the Holy Spirit can do that so easily? It's because I've meditated upon what he said. I observe it. I take it very, very seriously. That is why I want to submit to us in this house. Your listening to the MP3s is not negotiable. You must do it. Hear it again and again and again. I I take my time to type all these notes out. Right? This morning I was up, what, four, almost three. Right? To get these notes done, prepared. Uh, Most of it was done to get them. I just polished a few things up, added one or two things in, printed and Staple them. A lot of effort goes into this. Why do I do it? You know, I don't need to do it. You don't need, you wouldn't need to have those notes in front of you. But why do I do it? Because I want to aid your process. My intention is not to make things easy for myself. My thing is to make things more easy for you. You'd have no excuse for not remembering the word. Because it's ever before you. It's in text form. It's in audio form. Very soon we will have it in video form. Amen. There's so many um, tools that can aid your memory of what was said. Amen. My, My thing is I want everyone to be on the same page of understanding. Amen. The same page. So use it to condition your mind as you meditate. Like Paul said to Timothy, my son, consider what I say. Because very often, the view of a spiritual son might contradict the view of a spiritual father. And when that happens, you must do the consideration, and the Lord will open up your understanding. And very soon, Clayton, you'll start thinking like me. Why? Because you've taken every word that you hear, and what you're doing? You're thinking over it, mulling, you bring it, you try to memorize stuff. And suddenly you say, God is speaking to me. God is opening up my understanding. It's opening up my, my understanding. Amen? Now, just quickly, I want to end with one verse on page 7, and then we'll close. There's many other things there that you can read in your own time. Consider. Everyone say consider. Now, I want to ask you to consider the following two scriptures. In fact, go to the bottom of page 6 first. There's a verse that I really love in Ecclesiastes chapter 7 and verse 25. It says, I directed my mind to know, to investigate, to seek wisdom and an explanation. Right? Um, The writer Solomon here says, I instructed my mind to meditate, to know, to inquire, to investigate. And I want to encourage you, please avoid mental drift. Mental drift is when your mind wanders, unwarrantedly so at times. Um, at, at, you know, I taught for, for 17 years of my life, and often at times we refer to pupils as having scatterbrains. 
That is a brain that is unable to be fixated on one idea, one activity. You look at the child, you can see their mind is all over the place. And sometimes all over the world. <laughs> Not they physically there in the classroom, but the mind is on the moon somewhere. Right? And you, you can literally see it in front of you. You must avoid mental drift in the kingdom. I want to encourage you. Train your mind. Even while you are sit, sitting listening to this word, I guarantee you, not all minds are present. Not all minds are focused as they should be. Mental drift is a strategy of the enemy to rob you of the seed of the word of the Lord. That's why I train myself, even if in a service there might be distractions. Train yourself to be fixated upon one activity. And, and don't lose. Solomon said, I directed my mind. I want to encourage you, reclaim your mind. Regulate your mind. Amen? Don't let your mind um, be subservient to factors extraneous to you, outside of you. Take charge of your mentality. I will direct my thoughts. I'm in charge of my mind. I will fixate my thoughts upon that which I want. I will meditate upon the word of the Lord. Now in Jeremiah 31, 21, it says the following on the next page. Set up for yourself roadmarks. Place for yourself guideposts. Direct your mind to the highway. How's that? <laughs> okay, Matthew and I are leaving for Cape Town. We're driving down on when? Thursday morning. We leave. Taking him back to UCT. Right? You know, and we usually, our route is usually go down the south coast. We go the garden route, uh, Port Elizabeth, and on to Cape Town. We don't get lost. Why? <laughs> I know, I don't know if you travel. Who's traveled that route? Just before, if you're on your way down, if you want to avoid passing is London, there's a shortcut that's called the Komcha, Komcha Road, K-O-M-G-A. And it, it cuts the journey by about one and a half hours. It's a small little road, hard, winding, etc., but you'll avoid going down to East London. Where? You can bypass that whole Eastern Cape and you can find your way. Right? But if you don't know the, 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 the post, it's, and Komcha is so easy to pass. The sign to the turn-off is not big and bold. As you're riding the highway, you know what it is. You've got a map. You look out for it, and it's a quick ride, and your journey is cut. Right? Not too much of a safe road. We've used it once or twice. We've decided not to use it anymore. <laughs> but listen carefully. You know what the, the Bible says? Stay on the highway. <laughs> the side roads to you might seem shorter. But they're probably more. That, that, that Komcha route is quite dangerous at night. And I've traveled through it at, at night. The road is very thin, narrow, and mist can form at certain points. Or you, you're hitting corners and hills and valleys and you just see lights. Right? There's also no literal lights on the road. Right? Very few, what do you call those things? Cat's eyes. Right? Some, some part of the road got potholes. So you're taking a chance by using it. What's the best thing to do is to stay on the highway. Now, this is a spiritual principle. Tell your neighbor, stay on the highway. <laughs> now, with that in mind, let's reread the scripture as we close. It says, set up, you must set up for yourself roadmarks. Place for yourself guideposts. Direct your mind to the highway. 
the way by which you went and return, O virgin of Israel, return to these your cities. Now what is the highway? Psalm 84 verse 5 tells us, How blessed is the man whose strength is in you, in whose heart are what? Highways to where? What is Zion? Zion is a place of perfection, of strength, and of maturity. The Bible says there are highways to the place of perfection. So Jeremiah says, set up regulating factors in your mind. Road marks um, and signposts in your mind that can channel your thinking to the highway, which is focus your thoughts on things that will facilitate your maturity in God. How blessed is the man whose heart, in whose heart, are highways to Zion. Highways to Zion. So, you know, sometimes when you ride on the highway, it's highly informative, some of the signs. So many K's to go to your destination. Or there's some warning signs, beware slippery road, or um, steep descent, or beware roadworks ahead, right? Or stop and go signs. Signs assist you to have a safe travel toward your destination. And I want to encourage you, if in your mind right now, there are no warning signals, no signs that will qualify you to live a life of maturity and perfection in God, then you're, you're, you're going to have mental drift and the devil will put anything in there so seeds cause you to think on the wrong things and sometimes you will even think on the wrong things without conviction, without feeling, hey, this is wrong. What, what must you have in there? Everyone say a road work. <laughs> well, a road mark. Say a guidepost. Right? You must have principles from the word in your mind that tell you the rightness or the wrongness of a thought. That will help you to think on the, the right things which are of the Lord. The meditated mind, I call it, is a whole mind. It's a gold mine, actually. <laughs> and I want to encourage us all. Consider what I say. Like Paul said to Timothy, I ask you, consider what I say. And the Lord will give you understanding in, the Lord will give you understanding in all things. I really perceive that God's going to lead this congregation into a place where our minds are so ready for the next level. The greater truth that God desires to release to us because of consistent, ongoing meditation. So track with me. Whenever I hear the word of the Lord, whenever I hear the word, what must I do? I must meditate. I must meditate upon what I hear. When I meditate, understanding will, will come, will grow. When I understand, obedience, Psalm 110 11 verse 10 says, Obedience will be the natural outcome of he who understands the word. And when I obey, Joshua 1 8 says, I will have good success and prosperity. Right? So I want to encourage you, excel. Excel in your meditation before, before the Lord. Amen? Let's pray.
Father, we just thank you for your word. I thank you that flesh and blood has not revealed these things to us, but you, Father, by your spirit have. I pray for every one of our minds. We submit our minds to you. We love your word, Father. Your word is so much to us. You're speaking your truth. Everything you release from your heart through your word. It's our ardent desire that everything we hear, we understand. Break the inability to understand. Everyone just lift your hands to the Lord. Father, wherever truth seems so difficult, so difficult to understand, break that in the name of Jesus. Give us, as, as Paul prayed, I pray the prayer that Paul prayed for the Ephesians. I pray that you know, the spirit of, of revelation, the spirit of knowledge, in the revelation of Christ would be our portion. In Jesus' mighty name. I declare from this point onwards, Father, your word will not be a blur. Nothing will be too difficult for us to, to understand. The entrance of your word brings light and understanding even to the simple. I bless each one that has come in the name of Jesus. I bless each one's capacity to enter new truth and to know God in a more intimate and a more powerful way. I pray your blessing that makes rich and brings no sorrow with it will be everyone's portion in the name, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.